Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Another reason to come and visit the Lowcountry to hear that show every Sunday. Our home base is Charleston, South Carolina. Robin, you know, we've been doing this podcast a while, and I have even mentioned I get a lot of feedback, but I know you're the one that monitors all the social media and the responses. What kind of comments are you hearing from educators and parents out there? I'm getting a lot of um, questions from parents on Instagram, which is great. And they're general questions from parents who want to support their child's education more than just helping with homework and reading every night. You know, as parents, we know reading's important. We do it every night. But what else? You know, they'll say, what else can I do? What can I do at home? And they're asking for things that are not like flashcards, not just book recommendations, but solid, useful, meaningful activities that support the curriculum. And it, it made me think about this project that, that we're launching. And I think this is a great time to mention it because we are getting these questions. And it's I'm launching 90-minute um, monthly live Zooms. And I would like to pilot this in March and April of 2013. So here's... here's like 2023. 20, what did I say? 2013. Because I was thinking of when well, I said I started... You're a visionary. <laughs> Ten years ago, you were thinking about this. <laughs> So let's just say like your kid comes home from from school with an assignment. The assignment has been introduced. Obviously, if it's long division, something's been introduced in the classroom. If it's magnets, something's been introduced in the classroom. Well, what if you could do more and introduce things earlier? So I'm going to give you an example because this is this is really the impetus of this project. So let's take magnets. They're everywhere, right? We don't think much about them. We buy them when we travel. I was just in New York City last weekend. There's magnets everywhere that say the Big Apple, the Empire State Building. You get magnets. Sure. And we use them. We, we post our grocery list on the refrigerator or we um, put the you know lists up on the whiteboard in your laundry room. But did you know magnets are a second grade science standard? And a lot of parents don't know this. So let's just take it back a little. Let's do a little backward design. Let's say you have a kindergartner or a first grader at home. Just imagine the leg up they would have if you started exploring what it means to attract and repel and how the earth is a magnet and that the magnetic force is a consequence of the electromagnetic force. And that's one of the four fundamental forces of nature and on and on and on. Like, just imagine how your second grader would score on that science test if you started exploring magnets earlier in your home. And that's the kind of opportunity I want to share with parents monthly in the school year, 2023-2024 school year. So I'm launching these live 90-minute monthly Zooms for parents in September of 2023, and I need to pilot this in March and April. So I'm looking for parents who would like an opportunity to participate in these two pilots with me. And in return, I will give them the free annual membership to, to attend these monthly um, workshops in well, Zoom starting wonderful. in September. So I wanted to just share a little bit about what they were today so you get a taste for how important it is. All right, so now I'm reading between the lines uh, as a father whose kids have passed second grade already, but now I'm fascinated. So magnets 
are, what did you say, a standard in the second grade? So this is education that has been determined to start at that age level, and and it, I guess, there plugs in, and a lot of other things come from that. But obviously, that's not the only thing. Different grades would have different standards, and you're going to give parents, as you say, a leg up by knowing that, okay, second grade is this, third grade is that, fourth grade is that but let's get your kids active and involved beforehand so they have an advantage. Absolutely. So again, when you know the homework assignment comes home, it, it's been introduced. Some kids may have experience with it, some may not. So if you've been talking about magnets since your child was four years old and now they're seven in second grade, that when you study for that science test about magnets, it's going to be a lot easier if you've been talking about these things for years. And I'm going to give you a, a, an example. When I was growing up, my mother used to always say to me, well, that's your prerogative. So like I would say, you know, I've decided I'm not going to bed at eight. Well, that's your prerogative. And I was very young and I had no idea what the word prerogative meant. Yeah. But in the way she used it, the context of the conversation. And then I remember reading a, a book one day and I saw the word prerogative and I couldn't sound it out because it's set, it's spelled P-R-E, prerogative, you know, and I'm struggling with this word prerogative. And I realized that's the word that my mother keeps saying. So it's just these connections in everyday life that you're exposed to that can be super helpful as you move on in, through the schooling. So yes, magnets are in a second grade standard identified by the State Department of Education that they will learn and be tested on that subject in science. Can you give us examples of other standards at different years? I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I find this fascinating. Well, I wish I had known this before my <laughs> kids went through those grades. Absolutely. And again, so I'm going to give you a fourth grade example. In fourth grade, they study angles. Now, imagine mm. the angles that are everywhere. Remember right, acute, obtuse, sure. um, parallel and perpendicular lines. These are vocabulary words, and parents should start using them when their kids are small. You know, let's let's think about wrapping a present. You have a box, okay? Well, there's right angles. Where are they? Let's touch all of them. How many are there? Oh, there are eight. Okay, talk about the lines. These are perpendicular. These are parallel. Those vocabulary words being part of everyday conversation will make a huge difference on a fourth grade math test years from now when they are presented with those words and they're they're part of their everyday life. And these are the things parents just don't know. And by knowing it, just having that simple nugget of information will change conversations around the table. That's remarkable. So tell me, what is a, a typical Zoom presentation uh, going to be like, for example, and what would the parents be expected to do if they're part of your pilot program? Yeah, great. So, well, if first of all, let's back up. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in being part of this pilot program, you need to follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, and then DM your email address, your child's age, and then two really cool things about your family, because you know I love energy, and I need stories, not just, you know, your child needs to learn more about magnets, but tell me about your dog, tell me about a cool thing about your family, because we love energy. And I'm selecting 15 parents. Um, the notifications will go out on Valentine's Day. I made it a date I will remember, so I don't have to try to think about it. And um, they'll be in grade level bands. And by grade level bands, what I mean is I'm going to select five parents who have children birth to 4K and then five parents who have children kindergarten through second grade 
and then five parents whose children are in third through fifth grade. And those will be three separate live 90-minute Zooms targeted specifically to activities that would be beneficial to do at that age leading up to whatever grade levels are coming down the road. Okay, so I have to point out, knowing you as I do, you're already working on a 25-hour day. How do you do this? And why, you know, what are you doing with this this next phase, this obviously very significant piece of research you're doing? What's the end game there? The end game is to encourage parents to get more involved in their child's education, not just by attending parent-teacher conferences, not just by helping with homework, not just by studying for tests, but to really understand that the standards, the expectations in school from kindergarten for me through fifth grade, but obviously the other grades too, um, is really important. And I have that knowledge. It's like, you know, I've been in education 30 years. What I teach at the College of Charleston is this, the standards. I know the standards like the back of my hand. I can identify, I can work, you know, sharing that information is my legacy. I tell my kids I'm ready for my third act. You know, I did this the first, you know, teaching, really building my understanding of education. And then my second act, you know, raising my children, beginning um, engaging creative minds, the nonprofit where I'm the director. And now I'm in this phase where I have had so many experiences and I've seen so so much success and it's really not that difficult. I want to share that. I want an opportunity to get in front of parents and say, let me help you. Where are you struggling? What do you need? And then take that and that will be my legacy. These um, live Zooms will be recorded. They'll be in an archive for parents to access forever. If you have children of different ages, I want the ability to tap in and find them all and really change the way you talk and interact with your children. So it was the decision to do this from conversations you had with parents or with other educators or just something that hit you one day while you were working on something else because you have no free time? <laughs> it's actually both. It's the questions we get on Instagram. Um, and if you follow me, you'll see that every now and then I'll post things like this, like the fourth grade activity with angles or second grade magnets because it's a little kind of pop in, hey, did you know type thing. And I'm getting questions like, hey, that was amazing. Like on um, D-Day, you know, the social studies lesson, I didn't realize that was a fifth grade standard. Tell me more. And I realized that what I know and what I've experienced in my life, in my career is unique. And there are many parents that really would love to understand better what is happening in the schools. And I, again, cannot say enough. It is not difficult to do these things. It's just that the knowledge is the power. If you understand what's coming down the pike or what your children are doing this school year, you can easily incorporate it into your daily life. So how do parents take a more active role in their kids' education? I, I bet you if you canvassed 100 parents, they'd say, oh, uh, you know, we have to rely on, you know, the school. Uh, you know, they, we, we don't have any, uh, you know, part in that. And yet, I think parents have to be very, very involved in their child's education. Yeah, and that leads me back to the, your previous question is, you know, where did this come from? And the other piece of it is the teachers. I am connected to schools. I do talk to teachers a lot. And that is a common challenge for them is to communicate to the parents how important it is to support their their child. And it's, again, not just about attending a PTA meeting or a Friday performance or a 
parent-teacher conference. It's not just about helping with homework. It's not just about reading every night. It's about understanding what a school year looks like. It's about understanding what a teacher is presenting and how it's being presented. And then at, at home, presenting it in a different way. If you're learning about plants in first grade, which is a standard in first grade, why not plant a garden. If you if you already have a garden, why not go out and talk about the vocabulary words, roots, seeds, flower, fruit, and then again, bring that into those conversations. And I'm sure this will be very fluid and, you know, these Zoom calls may change over time, but will these be interactive? Will parents uh, that are participate, participating be able to ask questions and, and have a dialogue with you as the, I assume, the host of this podcast? Yeah. I mean, I'm, this is a Zoom call, right? Yes, and for the pilot, I'll be reaching out to parents um, before March and April and asking for specific feedback, specific questions. You know, the chat box is really helpful in the Zoom calls. I'm anticipating using that a lot. You know, let me know in the chat box if you're struggling with this math standard. Um, I may have, you know, haven't mapped it all out entirely yet. I'll do that after I have the pilots in March and April. But I may have them submit questions ahead of time so that during the live Zoom that we can address these pretty quickly and pretty straightforward. So um, having them send questions in early is definitely an opportunity. And remind us again how people can communicate with you to either sign up or send in questions or anything like that. How do they get in touch with you? The best way is through Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, but you can always email me, Robin at thelearningring.com. And again, we are updating our website any day now, RobinBerlinski.com. But for now, we are using Robin at the Learning Ring or Robin underscore Berlinski on Instagram. So I know we have had in uh, in past shows, we've actually used some of the questions that have come in through the audience as a basis for a whole show. What other things are we hearing about through social media that are coming back to you and uh, things that parents and educators would like to know about uh, the future of education or what uh, what Robin is doing with her genius at uh, <laughs> robinberlinski.com. Oh, my genius. I love it. I, I can say like it's leading me kind of to a question. I'm not really answering you, but I'm going to answer it indirectly. And it's to a recent parent who reached out and um, asked me because I had done a um, post about a first grade standard and they asked me to share another one because we've already done like this was two weeks ago. We've done it now 10 times. I can't keep talking about this 10 times. Like give me another one. You know, it's they're sponges. Parents are sponges. And so I just want to share this one because I thought it was really interesting. And I told this parent that this, you know, another standard in first grade is shadows. And you think, oh, shadows. Yeah, we know what a shadow is. But do you? Do you know the vocabulary words that come when, when first grade teachers are teaching about shadows? There's transparent, translucent, and opaque. Now, most of us are like, yeah, transparent, opaque. I got that. But translucent, you know, if you're getting out a piece of wax paper or a, um, what's that, the saran wrap, mm -hmm. and you put a light behind it, and it's not shining directly, but it's not blocking it either. Talking to your kids about that, you know, again, that's a night you're not sitting up studying translucent, transparent, and opaque. And I will say the aha moment for this parent was when I said, I know you know what a shadow is, and I know you're in your head thinking it's silly that first grade teaches shadows because we all know what it is. The question is not, where is your shadow? The question is, do you understand that a shadow is created when an opaque material or object is placed in front of a light source and prevents the light from passing through? Things like that are really the part of the education system that parents are starving to connect with because 
when you're outside, when you're going for a walk after dinner and your shadow is right there and you're talking about random things, why not throw out, oh, look at that. Your shadow is created because an opaque material, you, is blocking a light source, the sun, and there's your shadow. Again, much less to study when you're in first grade for that test. All right, so when you say it's a standard, and again, this is my naivete asking you this question, does that mean that this standard, let's say the magnets in second grade, does that somehow equate to other, uh, does it equate to math, does it equate to science, does it equate to art, and, and somehow they always come back to the magnets? Is that sort of the basis for a lot of things, or am I way off about that? Well, there's a spiral curriculum. You know, you revisit things. You, you have a base level in an early grade, and then you explore it deeper in the later grades. So there's always this spiral, if you like to think of it that way. You're going to revisit things. So you're never going to study it and be done. You want to think about it later and apply it in the future. Um, I will tell you that, you know, things like plants, which come through, you know, they're part of the spiral. You've got them in first grade, like I mentioned earlier. You've got a Ziploc bag, and you're planting a pumpkin seed. Um, but then later, as you move on, you've got older grades that are talking about why can't I plant a lilac tree in Charleston, for example. Like my friend Kelly in Western New York has lilacs in her yard. I can't have a lilac, but I have azaleas. Why is that? So now you're revisiting this. You know, yes, I studied plants in first grade. It was a standard, meaning the State Department of Education said all first grade students should be able to da 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 by the end of first grade, and they're listed. So fifth grade also then has plants in a different way, and it and it could be just understanding why they don't live in all geographic, geographical areas around the world. All right, so not to be negative, but you're talking about a perfect world in my thought process. It we're is all, a perfect world. Well, but where all parents <laughs> want to always be involved in all of their kids' educational activities, we know that's maybe not the case uh, across the board, how do we encourage parents to get more involved in these things for their children? Well, you know, in this first initial, you know, pre-launch of this program, I'm reaching out to a lot of my connections in the school district who work in Title I schools, who work with parents who have struggled, and I want to engage with those parents as well. And I'm looking for opportunities when this registration opens in May for Parents who are registering to sponsor other families, I would love to see this be equal access and an opportunity for parents who might otherwise struggle. Some parents that I've worked with, they struggled in school, so they they shy away from school things. They're, they don't feel confident, and that's the piece that I want to change, that these are simple activities. You don't have to be a really good reader. You don't have to be amazing at math. You just have to use these phrases and vocabulary words and introduce these concepts with your kids in a fun, realistic way. Again, talking about shadows while you're out for a walk, that's very simple. And that's really the message I want to get to all parents and hopefully have a lot of them in this um, program who might not otherwise feel confident or even seek ways to help their kids. So if I wave a magic wand and you have, let's say, 15 parents or 15 families on a Zoom, well, you know, the good thing is you're introducing 15 families to one another and they could communicate with each other outside of the Zoom, right, mm -hmm. for advice and counsel. Well, what are you doing or how are you making that happen? Right. And I envision, too, as I'm planning this out, to have breakout rooms in the Zoom. So if you're in the grade level band, third through fifth grade, there could be a third grade breakout room, a fourth grade a fifth grade and so on so that 
parents really do, like you said, talk to each other about common things or common challenges. And the reason I want to do it monthly is because these conversations should be ongoing. Okay, I've given you these little tools and these ideas and these standards and these things to try. Let's touch base again next month and see how it went. And because what's great is you've got these 10 months in third grade, for example. So you've got 10 months to do all these things and to connect to all these standards. So we have a lot of time. The programs will run September through June, once a month. So you've now connected all these great opportunities at home to what's happening in your classroom. So the pilot programs begin in 2023 and 2024. Let's take us ahead five years, 10 years. What's the ultimate result? What will you wind up with? I know it's probably a never-ending process, but what do you wind up with in a number of years that really make this valuable? Well, I, I see uh, closing a gap. So the learning ring, just to go back a little further, the learning ring was created to close the gap. And these um, cool learning kits that... I've developed were intended to close the gap between the after school space or the out of school time. It's, it could be at home, it could be in summer, it could be after school and the classroom. So this disconnect that sometimes happens, the learning ring connects it. That's what I see this program being is the closing of a ring so that all these parents and all these teachers hopefully can engage in deeper conversations and deeper communications. I don't really see exactly how it will happen, but I do see it happening. And another thing I would like to do is work in a summer intensive 12-week, once-a-week program for parents who want to work with their students over the summer. When I say work, I, I mean provide experiences that are fun at home for 12 weeks that get their kids ready for the upcoming school year. So now you've really embedded some great learning in the summer that feeds into the upcoming school year. I'd like to see that happen in the future. Well, you know, I'm a big Robin Berlinski fan, and it seems Thank to me you. like you sit around and all you're doing is thinking about ways of making the world better for students and for parents. And, you know, are, was, are these light bulb moments? You're doing something else, and all of a sudden it's, oh, I need to implement this. And then you do. Yeah, It's not like you sit around and think about it. You actually get out there and, well, yeah, we have this technology available. Let's do this. Let's, Let's do try it. that. Let's see if that works. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I guess they are light bulb moments, but sometimes they take a real long time. And I'll tell you, this one has been percolating for a while. And I did have an aha moment when I attended a live Zoom um, for something else, just like a business, how to create your business. And I was so inspired and so energized and so excited and just leaned in. I, I was, and, and that was my moment. Wait, I could do this with parents. This is exactly, we all have that time when we're parents that we can get in front of our computer. I don't care if your baby or your second grader is in your lap, you're with me and I can share this information. And if you can't make it to the live Zoom, you have all these recordings at your fingertips. So you're building an archive, really? We are. Um, what will this look like in five or 10 years? I mean, wave your magic wand, get us, uh, get us excited and impressed. Well, I'd like to have it in different languages. The Ooh, first thing I'm doing excellent. is Spanish. Um, I'm already engaging with a fluent Spanish speaking teacher who will take what I do and translate it for me. So now you've got both languages in the archive. Um, I am not sure how it will work in the live zooms, maybe, a the dictation translation, but I'd love to see it in all languages. So there's, there's one. Well, I have to say for those listening in who are wondering, you know, will this happen? How will it happen? 
this podcast came about because you had an idea, and the next thing you know, you're making it happen. That's right. I've never seen you walk away from a challenge. I don't walk away. I had a a friend once. I I love this. She um, works for a government agency, and she was connecting different nonprofits. And she called me up, and she said, hey, I was just in a meeting, and everyone was brainstorming, and there were ideas flying around. And someone said, well, let's... Let's talk to Robin Berlinski. I think maybe she could, you know, help us out. And this person said to me, I told them, be careful, because if you tell her, she's going to make it happen. Right. Of course. So be ready. That's no surprise. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> remind the audience one more time, the parents that want to sign up for your uh, upcoming Zoom course, how do they get in touch with you to do that? So, yes, if you are a parent interested in being part of a pilot in March and April of 2023, all you have to do is follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, DM me your email and your child's grade and two cool things about yourself and your family. And I'm going to choose five parents for each grade level band and they will be notified on Valentine's Day of 2023. I want to make it very clear that Robin is very easy to talk to and communicate with. So if you have a question, a comment, Uh, something you'd like some feedback on, do not hesitate to visit the official website, robinberlinski.com, R-O-B-I-N-B-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com, and ask your question, and you will hear back from Robin. You will. uh, In some capacity. I I think it's amazing. You know, you've you've raised your own successful kids, obviously, from, you know, what you got from your education. You've continued to pass it on to future generations. Uh, I hope you get as many accolades outside of the studio as you do in the studio. I have I have great. Um, I know you're not doing it for the friends. Yes, they 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 cheer me on for sure. All right. Well, I want to remind everybody that you've been listening to Energy Matters in the classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available. And weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina, is 1250 WTMA, Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said that, but you can come to Charleston, visit this wonderful city, and catch our show on WTMA, and all will be right with the world. And again, don't forget to send your questions and comments directly to Robin at robinberlinski.com. Robin, any final comments before we say goodbye to another fine podcast and uh, look forward to our next one well thank you no i will just say there's a lot of cool things coming up a lot of exciting opportunities so follow me on instagram robin underscore berlinski here you go folks we'll see you next time on energy matters in the classroom with robin berlinski bye now